Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. fun today that's never been done at Connect Community, so roll with us here. Um, we were talking on, we'll start with this, we're talking on Tuesday, uh, Monday, Monday, we went for a lunch date because you know parents have to like sneak away whenever they can, right? So we snuck out and went to a lunch date, we went to Taco Project. Anybody been to Taco Project? It's really awesome. If it's you haven't sponsored. been... It's not sponsored, but if you haven't been in a while, go. Um, it's really awesome. So we're sitting there, we're chatting, right? And I was like, we were talking about service because Monday, the day after, right? Day after service, we're talking about service. And I looked at him, I was like, man, you know, how cool was it that um, the, so when I do my prayer time, I never know what music we're going to be worshiping that day or what his message is going to be. He doesn't run his message with me um, for the most part. And so I really just come in here and I go, Lord, what is it that you want to say to people today? And oftentimes it will match up to a song that's coming and I didn't know what's coming or to his message that's coming and I try to almost ruin his message. It's great. Uh, um, and so it does this thing. And so I'm sitting there with him on, on Monday and I was like, honey, how cool was it? Like the encouragement felt exactly with your message. And he goes, you know. If we tell people, they would think we're lying, like it's not planned. You know, of course it was planned. You guys planned it. No, we actually did not plan it. So we were talking about this, and then we're talking about how um, hearing from God. We started to talk about hearing from God, how it's really some, like, difficult sometimes to explain to people what it is actually like to hear from God. Or it sounds a bit like hearing from God. Is it an audible voice that you hear? Is it like, what, what are you talking about? And most people out there have no idea what it's like, right? And then we're talking about this. You want to elaborate how we got to, oh, the title of our message today is coming up. Gluten. <laughs> the title is Gluten. <laughs> because it just fits. And here's where he went to. Uh, we, we were talking about tolerances. And we're talking about how sometimes language is used to, to uh, change the, the picture of a, of a situation based on how the narrative uh, of the person c commanding the narrative wants you to see the situation. And here's the example. We have a friend who is highly intolerant to gluten. And, uh, and so everywhere we go, it, it, it's, it's, he has a problem with gluten. And uh, I, I, I realized that, well, he was telling us that there are certain countries that he can go to um, that he doesn't have to worry about the food because they don't add gluten to the food and all the natural gluten that's already in the food because gluten is a natural ingredient from, from, from certain grains. But you can extract that and add to other foods to make it, uh, uh, I guess, the viscosity and the connection. It makes it, makes it look and taste better and, and feel better. And so in America, we add gluten to mostly everything. It's a natural thing, but... Um, he says that when he goes to other countries, he doesn't have to worry about it. His body doesn't react to it. And, and the conversation went to the point where, isn't it funny that here he has, uh, he is, uh, what is it, allergic to gluten, but every, everywhere else he isn't. Because we've been told that if, if you eat the food, the food is not the problem. You're the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
And so we started going down that route. And uh, about four years ago, I had an issue, a health issue that had to do with sodium. And uh, the doctor said, you might be sodium intolerant. I was like, oh, interesting. I've lived for 37 years, never had any problem with sodium. But I'll watch out. And I started reading labels. I promise you, I'm not sodium intolerant. Foods have too much sodium, okay? <laughs> just start reading the labels. You can't just put 1,500 milligrams of sodium in one dish and say, if you have a problem with this, you're the problem and not the manufacturing of this food. <laughs> so anyways, this is not a whole thing about food, but we started thinking about how does that apply to the spiritual? Uh, that notion that, that whatever reality you're facing, is it you the problem or is it the narrative and the reality that you're in? Yeah. And so that's when the conversation yes. came because so many of us can't hear the voice of God. It's not because you're not able to. It's because of the reality that you're in. I've been saying that you're intolerant to the voice of God. Like there's something about you that's, that's blocking the voice of God. So. Yeah, so culture tends to, um, I, I, I think culture is kind of um, intuitive, has become intuitive to us. Like wherever we go every day and what we're doing, it's not, the norm is not to hear from God. Yeah. The norm is to do what feels good to you, right? Do what feels good to you. Do what feels right. Do what feels, 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 instead of stopping and hearing from God. So then I was like, okay, honey, so what if we talked about, what if I asked you some questions? So we're going to interview JD. The goal I is am to nervous interview. right now, like I'm sweating. The goal I've is never we're, done this. we're going to interview him for in his life, how he has learned to recognize the voice of God, to hear from God, because this is what we, I've learned. We learn from others, from watching others do this life with God. And the Bible teaches us that we defeat the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. It is important to share how God works in our lives so that it will bless others because sometimes God has been speaking to you this whole time and you just didn't know it was him. Right? He's been trying to do things in your life, and you think, but that sounds like me. That sounds like intuition. That sounds like my mind talking. But you know what? The Lord uses our capacities to speak to us. So I have some questions for J.D., and he's going to share about his life. First thing I wanted to ask, honey, when is the earliest you can remember having heard God speak to you? Wow. I glanced at these questions, okay? And I... <laughs> Because she was very, she was very adamant. Of, like, I don't want you to come in all prepared. Because I, when I write a message, I write word for word. Every Sunday, I have at least 16 pages of notes that I write. Because I, I take this very seriously. And so I'm really out of my element right now. So I hope what I have to share <laughs> can be a blessing to you. I'm really praying under my breath, like, Lord, can you speak to me? <laughs> <laughs> the earliest I can remember, um, I was very fortunate to be brought up in a family that had a fear of God. So God was always present for as long as I can remember. God was part of our conversations. It was part of my, our life. Every night, uh, my dad would gather us boys. My sister was too little, but he would gather us boys, uh, and we would line up and on our knees. We would pray on our knees uh, by the bed. And I've always had this, this, this uh, cherished desire to be in God's presence. I was brought up that way. And so uh, I don't want to dismiss it as like, oh, I have something that, you know, it, it's, but I have to, I have to make mention of that because I feel like from an early age, my eyes and my ears were pointed at uh, uh, God and, and, and thinking that way. 
Um, and so I think that a big part of it is the awareness, right? Um, the earliest that I can remember, um, I, I grew up in a tradition that had strong prophetic words spoken in church. So people would break out into prophecies in the middle of a service. We would have guest speakers come, and they would have a prophetic word that they would like point at somebody and say, I feel like God's saying this, 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 and this, and this about you. It's harder to do that nowadays with the internet, right? Because like, I, I saw your Instagram. I Googled you. <laughs> and this is what Google had to say about you. Uh, but back in those days, it's really interesting because you have these people with this amazing gift of prophecy, and they would read your mail. And um, so I've had those moments where I, people have, I, I remember the first time, 11 years old, um, we're having this revival meeting at our church, and I'm on the corner here, over here. I'm, I'm, I used to dress, and I was 11 years old in a full suit and tie. And, uh, and our church didn't require that, but, but I, sometimes I just wanted to dress more like my dad. And, and so I, out of nowhere, this pastor is praying for people. And at this point, everybody's kind of around the stage. We have about three, 400 people in this building. And he just kind of grabs my hand and starts talking to me about what God is going to do with my life. And the first thing he said is that you're going to go to nations and you're going to fly with wings of steel, you know, instead of getting on an airplane like he was really poetic. <laughs> and, you know, and God is going to take you beyond borders and you're going to speak to people from all nations. And it's really interesting because here we are, you know, and I do consider this to be people from all nations. Like we have people not only from Stanford. Our church is a real great representation of the city of Stanford. People ask, like, what does Connect Community look like? We're not a white church. We're not a black church. We're not a Hispanic church. We're not an immigrant church. We're not a, uh, an American church. We are really the church of Jesus Christ because we have people from all over. You can clap for that. It's, it's really what it is. You can't pinpoint one group, and Stanford really looks like this, right? If we were in somewhere backcountry, Oklahoma, we'd all be probably 80% of us would be farmers. But, but uh, it, it's a joy to be in a place where God has made, you know, that come true. I don't know if that's what you were so, expecting. So, okay, 11. But you're talking about, like, me? Well, look, yeah, okay, so here's, here's what I want to, again, <laughs> this is not scripted, guys. Um, here's what I want to point out there. For all of us that have kids, nephews, nieces, grandkids, pointing them in the right direction makes a big deal, right? Sometimes we're doing this day in and day out. We're like, man, are they, they are just sitting here falling asleep and we're praying. Like, just we should be awakened. Wait. So it matters, right? Pointing our kids in the right direction matters. I just thought of something. I was in middle school. My dad uh, was an academic, and he was really serious about education. We didn't, we didn't grow up with a lot of money, but we grew up with enough money that he could send us to private school. And so he was really, it was really important that we had a good education. Uh, I grew up in Brazil, and I went to this Adventist school. Um, and so most people there were Christians. And when I got to middle school, for some reason, I was adamant that I wanted to go to another school near our house. And it was not a Christian school. I had no idea. And by then, uh, it was what, sixth, seventh grade? I don't remember which grade. But by then, I was already involved in church. I was already, you know, doing uh, uh, work. And, and, and I was helping in sound and in media and involved with the, with the youth group. Um, so I had already a solid relationship with God. I must have been 12, maybe 11, 12. And I started going to this other school. And the atmosphere was completely different. 
I mean, the conversations, what you would hear. I mean, Brazil is a very promiscuous country. And what you were appalled of hearing in middle schools right now, I heard that in some when I was in middle school growing up. And I'm a young guy. I mean, I'm 29, so <laughs> plus 11. So, <laughs> so uh, back then, and, and I went to that school for a month. And I, I sensed the Holy Spirit tell me after a girl sat on my lap and started caressing me. Who is she? <laughs> and started like messing with my hair and asking if I have a girlfriend and she was she was just showing you know off she was older different grade and uh, and I remember coming home and the Holy Spirit just going like you can't stay here your faith will be compromised I don't know who that is but yeah it was like that <laughs> your faith will be compromised and I went home that day and I told dad, I'm not going back to that school. It's, it messed up my, my grades that year. I was out of school for like a month because I, I refused. And then uh, I experienced the joys of public school. There you go. Because it was the only school that would take me. <laughs> so that, I guess that classifies? That classifies. All right, next question. How have you made room to hear from God during each season of your life? So pick a couple of seasons where you know you've had to make room to hear. Make room to hear God uh, in each season. You do have to consider the seasons. I'm looking at uh, your faces, and there's a lot of light in my face here, but I can see that we have people from many walks of life. And we have parents in the room. We have single people in the room. We have people who are younger. And when I was a teenager, um, I was in church all the time, all the time, every day. My dad was a pastor. And the church was in downtown, and we had a building. Every day I was in church. Every day I was praying. Every day I was, you know, doing something with music. Every day I would leave school and go to church. I wouldn't go home. And, and, and so I had a lot of time. And, and so that's how I made room in that, in that season, just by applying my gifts, relationships, and, and time in God's presence. As life changed after we moved to Houston, Texas, and, and got married, you know, Things, things change. Um, Paul says that, you know, the single person is burdened about the things of the Lord. The married person is burdened about the things of uh, the marriage and life, about the world. And, uh, and that's true. Seasons are different. And so you have, to, you have to trust the foundation of your faith and kind of operate from a principle of it's not about the quantity of time. It's about the priority. Uh, the priority. It's, you can spend 10 minutes with the Lord every day, and those be quality minutes that you're connecting to God, and your heart is in His presence, and, 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 and be more fundamental to you than the eight hours that you spend at work. Because your heart and your spirit and your soul are connecting to the source of life. So you can go to work filled with God's presence. And I think that uh, you just have to feel the season that you're in and prioritize God's presence. Take it seriously. Make sure that, that your relationship with God is the most prized thing that you have. If you, if, you, if you prioritize Sunday, that's great. But one day a week, this is not a diet that will sustain you spiritually. You know, you have to understand that God's presence daily is, He is your daily bread. Right? So yes. that's, that's, how, that's, how we, we, that's how we roll. That's how we roll. I don't know if that answered the question. 
Have you then ever... I never know if it answers the question. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Have you ever then struggled to hear from God yourself? And if so, in those seasons where you've struggled to hear, what did you do? Yes. Um, there, was a lot, there were a lot of seasons that, that were unanswered, of unanswered prayers. A lot of seasons where um, I felt like I had no direction. I feel like right before we got clarity on moving to Connecticut, it was a season like that. We were in a great place. Uh, serving a great church, connected to great people. We had a connect group. We had, uh, uh, I was full-time in the ministry. On paper, everything was supposed to be great, but there was this unrest in my soul about where we were. I just felt like things were changing. And I couldn't quite pinpoint. Um, and now I can look back and say the Lord was moving and the Lord was doing what he was doing. He was showing the way. But when it was in it, it was like, Eight, nine months of prayer and nothing. I remember skipping lunch and going to the sanctuary at our church and just sitting in the dark with my knees in the ground, face to the carpet, going, Lord, I don't know what to do. I, I want your direction for my life. I don't want my life to be ordinary. I don't want my life to, I don't want to stay in this. And so in, in, in my heart, to answer your question, in those seasons where I couldn't, I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't hear the voice of God. I can look back now and know that he was guiding me. He was there all along. So hindsight is always 20-20, right? You, can, you always see better in hindsight looking back. But when you're in it, it's difficult because you feel like, oh, you feel the frustration and the emotions. Uh, and so um, I just kept doing what I knew was right. First of all, you keep seeking the Lord. Scripture says, seek the Lord in, in the time where he may be found. And in my heart is like, seek me, and, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. And, and so uh, just trusting his timing, seeking his presence, and in and, and those seasons where you can't hear God, you do what he told you last, right? You stay faithful to the last thing God called you to do. Uh, what is the last thing that God called me to do? Aside from the, the, what I already knew to do, right, which is be faithful to my wife, raise my family in a godly way, be, be righteous and, and all that. Um, God had called me to Houston to be connected to that church, to be a leader in that church. And we were in the pastoral staff. I was leading connect groups for youth and young adults. And so I was just, I kept doing that to the best of our ability. Because here's what happens sometimes. You feel like the Lord is moving or asking you to do something else. And sometimes we let go too soon and we become uh, sloppy with what we're doing now. And uh, Jesus, what did Jesus say? Uh, you're faithful in the little, and he will take you over much. Faithfulness is a daily practice, no matter whether, whether you, you, you feel like God is with you or not. you got to hold your end of the bargain and remain faithful. So in my heart, that's always been a principle. Like, if, if I can't hear the voice of God, I'm going to remain faithful because I know he's faithful even though I can't hear it. Amen. Is this blessing, you guys? Amen. I knew it. I know it. All right. Um, Am I taking too long on the answers? No. <laughs> She said no before I ended the question. I know what he's going to say. She I knows know. me. I know. When you feel like God is giving you a directive, when, like when the word comes and you feel like he's giving you the directive, then how do you respond when you hear from God? Oh, well, when I hear from God, I, I okay, I have to classify the feel because sometimes um, there is enough 
in the bank now that I can kind of tell when it's the Lord, when it's my shadow missions, right? Shadow desires. And what I mean by that is like, I feel like it's God, but it's really me trying to do something significant uh, with my own agenda. Does that make sense? Um, and sometimes that can creep up and we can just embrace and say it is the Lord. I've had many conversations with people who have come to me and said, God told me this. And in my heart, I already knew it wasn't God. But what are you going to say? If, if somebody tells you God told you this, you could go in peace. And you're going to find out it's not God, but I can't tell you it's not God because you're going to think I'm, you know, I'm not supporting you and I'm not being. Uh, and so you kind of have to police yourself to make sure that you're not putting words in God's mouth. And, and feeling like God spoke to you doesn't mean God spoke to you. So um, I try to test it. First thing I test is my heart. Is my heart pure? Are my intentions pure? Uh, does this contribute to what God has already told me or does it not? Does this align with what, what God has, is already building in my life or does it not? And, and so you, you kind of test your heart, you test your motives, and then you test it against the Word of God, against the Scriptures. Um, does, does, if, 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 God, if I feel like God is telling me to do something that's not, in, that's not a, approved and, and, and it's not um, backed by the Scripture, then it's not God, you know, because the Scripture is the best, is the best uh, litmus test that we have uh, against every, every one of our wins, right? We have this beautiful library that's been preserved in, in you know, through, through the years. Uh, people have recognized that it's God-breath, and it's, it's, it's inspired by God, and I do believe it's inspired by God, and so I, I go to the Scripture and try to pray and test, and, and then look for favor, right? That's the third thing, like you look it's, if, if it's the will of God, he's going to breathe life into it. Because everything God speaks has life and bears good fruit. So I have no idea how I'm going to repeat this for the second service. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> so don't come Maybe to the Maybe stay for service. the second because there will be new stuff. All new answers. We're going to talk about riding bicycles and eating tacos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Speaking of scriptures. Scriptures. How has scriptures guided your life? What role do scriptures play in your life? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light on my path. Um, that's the scripture that I learned from, my, from childhood. So that's always been the, the, the framework for the scripture. A lamp, on, a lamp unto my feet and a guide for my path. Um, you know, that, that has a context. People in those days, um, desert people, they, they would walk at night. And, and they would carry lamps, and the lamp would be hanging down, uh, a, a thread or a chain, and they would be next to their feet because of animals, snakes, things that might trap you and, 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 and cause you to, to, to stumble, right? Or die. Or die. Snake. Yeah, I didn't want to go that okay. dark. But, but it would compromise your journey. And, and the Word of God is that. It's life. It opens your eyes. It gives you guidance. And what was the question? <laughs> what role does it play in your life? What role does it play in my life? It's the, it's the, it's the primary thing. It's the main thing. Um, it's, it's where I test my thoughts and my, my, my mind. It's where I draw sustenance for our life as a husband, as a, as a, as a man, as a dad. I uh, try to live by the scripture and to... And to um, model my life after 
the scripture. It's really interesting because um, scripture can be read or can be revealed, right? And you can kind of read it as this thing that you're like a history book. But once you, once you are aware of the life of God and you, and, you, and you take it in as food for your soul, it, 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 it plays a different role. Because it's not just that, you know, um, Job had a really hard time. It's that through his suffering, he saw God. Through his suffering, God was revealed to him. Uh, and at the end, he said, I, 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 I knew you of the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes see you. And, and to me, the scripture is, is, is not scripture until I can see the life of God in my life. And so I try to wrestle with it and, and work it with it and live with it in a way that, that, that uh, I can push back. I can ask questions and, and yeah, and, and test my, my thoughts. Okay. Amen? We're at time. I'm going to do a rapid fire. Okay, yeah. okay. One okay. or another. All right, this sorry. one is some of, no, no. So these, some are, are, are scripturally, <laughs> some are not. Okay. Early morning or late night? What? Oh, pick one. Early morning, late night. Four? Nothing. Just pick one. <laughs> Rapid fire. Just pick one. Early morning, late night. It depends. No. Everything depends. <laughs> Early morning. Pick one. <laughs> Paul or Peter? Come Paul, on. Paul. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts or Donut Delight? Donut Delight. Connecticut, baby. <laughs> Speaking or writing? Writing. Mm. Genesis or Revelation? Ooh. <laughs> Revelation is kind of Genesis. <laughs> Come on. It is. It's the new Genesis. Okay. I'm going to say Revelation. Okay. McDonald's or Burger King? None. <laughs> Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Coffee or tea? Ah. Oh. I was always a coffee person, and then it messed me up. <laughs> Look at this. I'm going to say coffee. <laughs> staying out or go, uh, no, going out or staying in? With you? Anywhere. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to close, bring this to a close. Here's why I wanted to do this. I feel like this is a, a, a person that I, um, when I met when I was a teenager, I saw God in his life in a different way. I saw God um, authentic and real, and I thought, I want the God that he has. And I know that as he's been leading this church for nine years, often you don't get to see the inner workings, the weaving together of how this happens on Sunday, right? And it's a life lived day by day. And it's a life that's not just his special life with God, but there is a method. There's a method to living this life. And I wanted him to share with you guys a few things that he does, specifically on the arena of hearing from God. A few things that he goes about, principles that he has placed in his life that work. You know, sometimes you're like, man, how come it's good for them? It doesn't work for me. You know what? All it is is dedication and surrender to the Lord. That's what it is. It's a dedication daily, a surrender daily. It's putting scriptures above everything else. It is making room to hear God. And this is lived out generally just every day. We're, we all have to live our life. We all have a nine to five. We all have, you know, people in our lives that take us off. We have a wife, a husband, a children, or whatever it is. But it can be done. 
if you make room to hear from God, you are not the problem. Culture is of the problem. It's trying to steal your mind. It's trying to steal your motives. It's trying to steal your perspective to do what? To react, to feel, to do what feels good instead of stopping and listening from God before doing anything else. We are called to live a different life. We are called to live a life that surrenders to the Lord, that pleases the Lord, that, that seeks out his will, that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the life we're supposed to lead. And that, is, that can be done on a day-in and day-out basis if we decide that we're going to put God in first place to hear from him, to follow his word instead of what everybody else is telling us. And so I just thought it would be really cool to get a, the perspective of this man who comes up here every Sunday and tries to teach you how to do it. This is where the heart is from. I hope they blessed you this morning. Gluten. We love you. Gluten. Gluten. And it all came out of gluten because gluten, it's gluten's fault, That's not our fault. That's how conversations happen. <laughs> we love you guys. If you could are stand, you let's pray for you. Are you glad you came to the community this morning? Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.